Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Kicked Back presented by Uber One. Uber One is a membership that lets you save across Uber Eats, Uber Rides, and everything in between. Enjoy unlimited $0 delivery fees, 5% off of Eats, 5% off of Rides, and if you join Uber One today, you can get your first month free. Visit uber.com slash uberone for details. Another day, another episode of Kicked Back presented by our good friends, Uber One. Liam, what's up? Not much. New Jersey. I know. It came in. My dad called it super ugly again, but here we are. Came in. Do you know what? It was funny. So we, I think I mentioned it, but we ordered them when we were in Canada and I was just in England before. And it was actually, so we got four jerseys and it was only $60 more expensive than one jersey right now. Oh. Pretty good. There you go, Liam. Pretty good deal. Same so. same Liam, New Jersey. And for those watching, please rate Liam's jersey in the comments. I actually really like it. And I think the reason why is because the collar is giving me vintage vibes. Yeah. I don't know how comfortable it is to play in something like that, but the aesthetic of it, I like it. It's comfortable to walk around. There in. you go. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be doing much running in this jersey, but. I Liam, got- call me crazy, but I could see you playing for England right now. It's me the power and, of the me jersey. Me and Harry came. <laughs> Well, Trent's out. Maybe I can play right back. <laughs> oh my gosh, Trent. What, Liverpool. Where I don't even know. I don't know if we have Liverpool on, on our show today. Maybe it just somehow naturally comes in. But man, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that another time. I know that everyone knows that we, for some reason, there's con- this conspiracy theory about kicked back that we hate Liverpool. It's just not the truth. I don't hate Liverpool. I just don't think they're very good. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like it's the truth. Okay. That's going to be our Liverpool little comment for the day. But right now we're starting with Kylian Mbappe. What a man. That guy just loves the headlines. Oh, hey? oh man. I-, I keep saying he's in his villain era. I-, I don't know what he is doing, but he's just every single day. There's a different headline. Like you say, Liam, that's just negative mm-hmm. and I don't even know what the, what's scary about it is I don't think he even realizes that he is being negative that he does he is kind of contributing to this that he's a virus that he's a cancer to the team and I'm at the point where I'm like I don't think it's rumors anymore and I do think that he really is like he's literally saying now that he wants to leave PSG in January yeah it's especially after signing that contract like there was this whole thing where well, well we all remember right mm-hmm. there was a links to Real Madrid and all that kind of stuff and now everything seemed fine and all of a sudden the season started and everything just went rotten again and i just i don't understand his point of view like he keeps saying like the manager's not playing in the way he's supposed to play and it's like are you winning games like isn't the point of this to win games and to win competitions and become a great team and i understand everyone wants the individual awards but 
I don't ever remember Messi coming out saying like, oh, Pep Guardiola is not playing me in the right way whilst we're winning the league every year yeah. and the Copa del Rey, whatever they were, whatever else they wanted. Like, it's very selfish and yeah. self-motivated. And I just don't think if I was PSG, honestly, like, of course, he's an unbelievable player. Yeah. But like, see you later. Pack oh. your bags. Like, don't don't come back like i i don't know like the amount of money you could get for him too yeah. like why not just just go honestly so he's the in this contract highest paid player in football right now at the age of 23 which is mm. insane and he's not the best footballer in the world but the highest paid yeah. he has ownership in the club he plays with messi and neymar he's on a team that obviously can clearly win the french league and then along with that a team that's built to win the champions league and he's still complaining and it comes down to the fact and there was a french reporter who spoke to this that he essentially in his contract says he wants to play Neymar's position and he wants Neymar out. Like how toxic do you have to be? And Henri said it best. He, there was an interview with Thierry Henry and he said that when I went to Barcelona, I wasn't playing in the position I wanted to play in, but I did what the boss said and I did what was best for the team. And this is a guy, Thierry Henry, who's built his career, career at Arsenal, who's one of the best footballers we've ever seen play, who just took it to the chin and, and, and did what he had to do for the team's success. Then you got Mbappe who's walking onto the scene. Like someone's got to remind him, this isn't FIFA. Yeah. Like this isn't FIFA. Like you made a promise, you, you, big money is at stake. And if he wants to be respected by some of football's greats and, and even reach that potential because he is a great footballer, reach his best potential, he needs to cut the shit. And someone at some point has to tell him to sit the F down. Yeah. Like the Omri thing, I think is a really good example yeah. of just a man who, knows what he is right yeah. like Omri one of the greatest players yeah. we've ever seen like there is no dispute in that at all but you go to Barcelona and then you say hey you're playing on the left wing because that's where we feel you'll be best for us and then he goes on to win yep like Mbappe like to say that about Neymar especially especially right now like Neymar's Neymar's one of the best players in the world at the moment if not arguably the best like getting into the World Cup he's on he's just such great form and you know what? Like I've never been like a massive Neymar fan for like I agree. reasons of these diving and stuff like that. But as a player, he has been so underappreciated, I think. And like for Mbappe just to come in and say, you know what? Like I'm just going to take your position because I think I'm better than you. is just utterly disrespectful and honestly bad on PSG for allowing that to be in the I contract. Agree. Like that is Neymar came to your team. Like he was one of the first stars to come to your team when you got all this money and he stuck it out throughout not winning champions leagues and honestly gone on, like I said, gone under the radar quite a bit. And now you have this 23 year old guy who, <sighs> Hey, I'm not going to sit here and pretend Mbappe isn't an unbelievable yeah. player. He is one of yep. the best players in the world, but he hasn't been able to accomplish as much as Neymar has. And rightfully shouldn't have that say over Neymar. Imagine being 23 years old. And saying that you want Neymar off your team, who's built an illustrious career, who's built so much respect, who Messi, who's one of the greatest players that this sport has ever seen, loves to play with, mm -hmm. who's arguably, like you said, the best player in the world right now and telling him you don't want him on your team and saying, I want to play his position. <laughs> Honest to God, someone at PSG has to say, get the hell out of here. Like, we don't want this anymore. And yeah. like your, your pick for the Champions League was PSG. Mm -hmm. And now... I, I, I'm always like, they're so built for success, but the drama on this team, like, yes, Mbappe, uh, I, I read a stat yesterday that he's PSG's all-time leading goal scorer in the Champions League right now. He's 23 years old. Yeah, 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 that's great. But this guy, like, 
When we talk about PSG, we're always talking about the drama. We're always talking about Mbappe. We're not talking about the fact that Benfica now has come back from being down a goal twice against PSG. And these are games that PSG should be putting away easy. Yeah. And I don't know what else to say about them. Like the, the team, yes, they should be built for the Champions League. And Mbappe helps them, of course. But you almost feel like... If he does go, it gives him a slightly better opportunity because you lose you lose that, right? Like you lose the negativity around your team and then you have guys like Messi and Neymar who obviously yeah. more than capable of dragging a team to the Champions League final if you want to. And also, you know, Donnarumma is great. Like they have so many, there's just so many good players. Like at PSG, they've really just got to put a, put a butt in this, honestly, and just- You'd say peace out. I would, I would tell him to shut up. Yeah, like I, I, I would honestly have a conversation with him and say, do you want to be here or not? And if he says no, I wouldn't play him. Yeah, I, I genuinely agree. wouldn't. Like I just, I, they're a good enough team that like no disrespect to league, um, but it's not like yep. they're going to lose the cha- the title with or without Mbappe. Like they're winning it. It doesn't matter. So just say, okay, well, we'll figure something out. Uh, you go sit in your home by the Eiffel Tower wherever you live. I don't know. <laughs> And yeah, just smell you later. Oh my God. So people are saying he's going to either United or Liverpool because apparently he has a good relationship with Klopp Mm. and they're saying that he's like, United's just taken everyone and anyone right now. So where where would you see him and what would shock you Hmm. more? It would shock me more if he went to Liverpool. I think because United, like you said, they just they're always laying through these big, massive names. I mean, they got Casemiro, which I wasn't expecting at all, and even when Ronaldo went back last year, like that was very yeah. unexpected. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like if he went to United again, there's just a lot of headlines, obviously, and like Liverpool, of course, too. But like the leadership at Liverpool, I do think could kind of close him down a little bit, you know. Van Dyke's a good veteran. Like even like we call James Milner for what he is, but as an actual person, like he's probably a pretty good leader in the team. And if I was either of those teams, I probably wouldn't even, I don't know. It's such a hard conversation to have because what if he just turns around and does this to you? Like, and then your whole, your whole rhythm's disrupted. Like I think he goes to Real Madrid, to be honest. I think that's oh, where I'll I think that's where he'll go. I think that's where he'll go. And then, yeah, that's kind of Real Madrid would be nuts. Real Madrid would take an L, a massive L, in my opinion, if they were like on the cusp of signing him last season. Then mm-hmm. he kind of like s- sneakily got himself out of that, signed this unreal contract with PSG to 2025, and now saying F you PSG. Madrid in their mind should be saying we dodged a bullet. I just think they just want the best players. But that's not. But we've seen Madrid have these like unreal teams before, and they haven't done well. I just think they're a greedy team who just wants the best guys. I think that's just what it is. I think that's what it boils down to with Perez. Like he just wants the best players in the world, and he doesn't care what it takes. One thing is, if he tried to, if Mbappe tried to pull that shit with Ancelotti, he would get nowhere. I feel like Carlo Ancelotti would would snap him out of it real quick. I think that's the difference too between the PSG manager now and if he goes to Liverpool or Real Madrid, for example, like Klopp and Ancelotti have some, they have some clout, right? They've won Champions Leagues, they've won their leagues and like the uh, PSG manager did win it with Lille a few years ago too, but it's not on the same scale, is it? And I feel like maybe perhaps Mbappe has a little bit more respect for those managers or on the other side of it too, like those managers know how to put those guys in the place and don't allow those personalities to overrule the success. And I, I think good managers do that. Yeah. Like Alex Ferguson did it for a long time at United and 
I think if he went to a big team like Liverpool, even United, you know, like Ten Hag seems like he's pretty good with the personalities too. Yeah. And like, look at, like I know the Ronaldo thing, but like, it's not that loud, the noise out of it. Like yeah. it's, it's loud in the sense of like, oh, he's not playing and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like if Mbappe went to Madrid with Ancelotti or Klopp with Liverpool, then they would kind of calm him down a little bit. Yeah. And I also think this this was the problem with PSG. PSG made a big mistake giving a young player like Mbappe ownership in the club. Mm-hmm. So then the coach is in a position he was like, now my player might in some positions have equal say as me. And that's <laughs> yeah. scary. So yeah. if, if, if Mbappe goes to whatever club he chooses to go to, I don't think that that's going to be given to him as it shouldn't because the player should never be bigger than the club. Uh, and hopefully that wouldn't happen wherever he decides to go because I think that that's a big problem. I wonder if he still becomes an owner of PSG if he gets sold. <laughs> or does you that, imagine? Does that ownership transfer to the next team? Like how, if that's in, <laughs> if that's actually in the contract, like how, how does that transfer, you know? Like what does this, what does this mean? Uh, you know what? As much as I, this Mbappe drama drives me crazy, I do kind of live for it because it gives us something yeah. fun to talk about outside of score lines and he's kind of the soap opera in our sport and again he's in his villain era and as much as he drives me crazy right now and he's not a guy I would want to play with because I think I'd have a hard time you know taking his shit but I would I do from our perspective talking about it and seeing what the next move is it's fun it is funny like you said it brings some personality to the sport and then being in North America I think we see a lot in like the NFL and NBA and now we're like getting this guy in in football, it, it's it's interesting too when you compare, like him and Haaland are going to be compared for the rest of their careers. Yeah. And then you have Haaland who just scores all these goals yeah. and doesn't say anything. Like, you know, he plays for a big team in yep. City and like Dortmund too is a good club. And now you have Mbappe who's feels like he's just, his head's getting yeah. a little too big to get through that door. And Haaland's just pointing his head on every ball and putting it in the net instead. You must be reading my mind because I have on my sheet here to ask you because for our, when we grew up, the conversation was Messi or Ronaldo and now we're getting into the next generation and anytime we post anything about Haaland, half my comments at least are still like Mbappe is better. So in your opinion, if you had to pick one guy right now (laughs) to have on your team for the rest of your life, who are you picking? Everything included? Like right now you have to make a decision. I would just take Holland purely because scores a ton of goals. doesn't say anything. Yeah. Like he's just kind of a calm yeah. presence. Yeah. I do think Mbappe is a better player. Okay. Just his speed and everything like that incorporated into it. Like, but at this moment in time of everything considered, I would take Holland over yeah. Mbappe. I'd agree. And I'm, I'm going to say I'm picking Holland every single day on his best or his worst day, because it comes down to one thing for me. And yes, he's a machine at goal scoring, but on the pitch and in the locker room, he's just a different guy than Mbappe. And I actually think Mbappe could learn a lot from Holland right now. You see him being buddies with his teammates. Uh, when he scored that goal against Dortmund in the Champions League, he barely even celebrated because he respects his former fans and his yeah. former club so much. And when he's on the verge of an assist, he's passing the ball where Mbappe's like trying to have all the goals in the world. So again, I go back to this. If Mbappe wants to have the respect from some of football's greatest players and reach his highest potential because he is an unbelievable footballer. He needs to be humbled and someone in the football world needs to sit him down and give him a massive reality check Uh, because you're looking at the Holland and the Mbappe conversation. And to me, it's a no brainer. Like I'm picking Holland every single day because the guy's a team player. He's humble. He's motivated. His mentality, his character. Mbappe is just here to, uh, I don't know. Mbappe just has a massive 
ego. And I really hope, and I'm, I'm being honest, I really hope that he can get it in check. He's very young. PSG have given him all of this money. They've given him ownership. Maybe he's young and immature and he doesn't know how to deal with it. And I really hope he can kind of start to turn his career a little bit around because it'd be so unfortunate to kind of see him fall off when yeah. he's so talented. Do you know what Mbappe needs is two world-class players on his team who are veterans to the sport who can sit him down and help him and he yep. has those and he just doesn't want to listen to them. So. <laughs> and he's still like, Neymar, I want you yeah. gone. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, there you go. I was actually just curious and looking because obviously, like last season, so Mbappe had 17 assists last season and 28 goals. Very impressive. This season he has eight goals, no assists in nine games. I mean, the guy wants to score all the goals. Holland has 15 goals in nine games and three assists. Yeah. So for a guy that just scores goals... There's three assists this season and Mbappe has zero. And every single time one of uh, Holland's teammates scores, this guy's happy. Yeah. Like he wants the team result. I mean, I don't know. I, I pray. <laughs> I'm going to be so dramatic. I pray for Mbappe. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, Kylian. <laughs> Mbappe, we're sending you prayers, my friend. Uh, but just crazy. I mean, another day, another headline with that guy. Yeah. I'm very excited to see what happens in January. Uh, but if Liam, like you said, you said it perfectly. If someone at... If I'm someone at PSG, I'm telling him to to shut up or get out. Yeah. Simply, like, you don't want to stop this shit, then please see yourself out. He did have a goal yesterday against Benfica that was called offside, and it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, but I still don't chalk that up as PSG should have won. I still chalk that up to PSG should have won regardless if that goal was called back or not. And when there is this much drama around a team right before they go and play a Champions League game, they're not going to have success. It's just, it's just not possible. So hopefully they clean it up. Yeah. It's, um, I was just, you know what? This Champions League game's on I right know, now. I know. So Napoli's got a one nothing lead. And I was I trying know. to get up this Club Bruges game as well. Cause our, boys. our boy, Buchanan's playing, but I ran, I've, I've put my limit on my uh, streaming service. So it's like, damn it. Addict. So yeah. So yeah. Um, what else we got? Okay. Uh, Juventus and Maccabi Haifa. I feel like there's probably- Did you see my tweet yesterday? I loved it. I loved it. And I was like, I can't wait to talk about it because the day, okay, the our episode where you said Maccabi Haifa is going to be the worst team in the Champions League. Did you get comments on our video so, for so that? A few fans on YouTube commented okay. and were like- you must have never seen like Victoria Plaza and play. Like someone was commenting how they, they beat Red Star Belgrade and Olympiacos to get to the Champions League, which are big European clubs. Like Olympiacos are big in Greece, yep. Red Star big in uh, Serbia. Hey, I'm not disputing that by any means, but come on. <laughs> like they shouldn't, they're not, it's not like I've, I said they were the worst team and they were like the second best team, whatever. But now it's Juventus, either way. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, Juventus fans. It was so, so, so poor. Oh so poor. God. And even the goals that went in were good goals. But I feel like the goalie should have had them both in a way. Like, oh my just, God, of course. Yeah, like it was just, it was, I couldn't believe what I was witnessing. And like, I don't, I don't watch Juventus every <laughs> week. And I know they've been on like a poor, they've had a poor season. But man, you are Juventus. You shouldn't be going there. And losing 2-0. Like, you should, come on. Like, I'm I, so happy. And I'm so sorry to any Juventus fans on here. <laughs> really, I'm sorry I'm not sorry because this brings me so much joy. Like, Maccabi Haifa, 
this team, Liam, like you said, it's no disrespect, but the facts are the facts. They haven't had a win in the Champions League since in, in over 20 years. Yeah. Juventus just gave them their first effing win and they scored in the first seven minutes of the game. <laughs> it was brutal. And the goalie should have saved that. Yeah. And and like half the time when they pan to certain players, I love Milik, right? Like obviously I'm Polish. He he looked dead. Like not that I don't want that to be taken out of context, but he looked deflated. No one on that Juventus team looked like there was a solution to the problem. And Maccabi Haifa, a team that everyone has completely written off upsets them. And and yeah. to me, I'm, I'm overjoyed. And yes, Juventus is the worst team in champions league right now. They're, they're horrible to watch, <laughs> horrible to watch. And they've got a lot of good players. Like yeah. that first game of the season, I watched them play. I can't remember who they played. Maybe Sam Doria, whoever, whoever it was like, it was rather enjoyable. Like when Di Maria got on the ball, he had a really nice goal and then he got hurt. And then I feel like since that point, Juventus' season has just been on a downward spiral. And I know there's uh, injuries and stuff like that, but like this Allegri ball is. <laughs> yes. I've seen eight-year-old kids play better than they do in the park and it's more entertaining. Like I just, I just don't see the appeal. And there's so much speculation yesterday after the game being like, is this it? Because what are they? I think they're like eighth in Serie A, okay. something like that. Eighth, right? eighth in Serie A and also three losses in four Champions League games. Oh. And then Allegri after the game, let me read you this quote oh, because it's no. just so comical for me. Like I can't get through it. I'm not going to step down. Absolutely. Because it's a challenge now. When it gets harder, <laughs> it's even more beautiful. I'm for sorry. Who? <laughs> Who's this more beautiful for? Because I uh, is not for me. It's extremely ugly. <laughs> if I'm a you. Juventus fan, I'm boycotting right now because if my if we're losing to a team who hasn't had a win in over 20 years in the Champions League and we have three losses out of four games in the Champions League and we're in eighth place in Serie A and we gave Monza their first ever Serie A win and now we gave Maccabi Haifa a platform in the Champions League, I'm like... I'm not cheering for this team anymore. If my coach is making a comment like that, it's yeah. more, it's even more beautiful. Where's the beauty? <laughs> Where's the beauty? But honestly, uh, for me, it's great. This, this gives me life. Like my energy just went way up. So Juventus, you keep doing what you're doing. My expectations. I didn't really, for Juventus, I think I said they would get through the group, but Benfica would give them a challenge. Yeah. Now at this point, they're going to be lucky to get that third spot for Europa league. Yeah. Like, it's just, it leaves you almost speechless because you're like, this team was dominant for dec for a decade, for a decade long. They were the best team in Syria. Kalini, Benici, like, uh, yeah, Benici, what am I thinking? Like, there's so many guys. Like, and now here we are. And I just don't know what else to say. Like, eighth, in, so eighth in Syria, they are 10 points behind Napoli. And Juventus have scored how many goals? Oh, well, do you have it up there? How many goals they've scored? Twelve goals this season. Twelve goals. Twelve goals in Serie A. In se sorry, I lied. No, no, twelve goals, seven against. Their goal difference is five. <laughs> Imagine watching these games. Imagine like so. Napoli, twenty-two goals, seven against. Like Milan, eighteen goals, nine against. Like they're just such a boring team to watch and i yes, i agree just, that's the thing for me like i don't like if you lose but you're entertaining then like so be it right but like it's even like manchester united games when they're losing it's entertaining because yeah. it's like 
a fun counter-attacking game or whatever, but this is just is just nothing. And next they have Benfica and then they have PSG. They have to win both games to qualify for the next round. They're done. They are done in Champions League. Honestly, I'm smiling because, again, and I have no room to talk because AC Milan, you, you yeah. know, that's a whole other conversation. We'll get to that in a second. But it makes me happy because, again, to all the toxic Juventus fans who said Cristiano Ronaldo is the problem, mm-hmm. what the hell are they saying now? Yeah. Like, listen to these stats. In three seasons with Juve, Ronaldo scored 101 goals in 134 games. He scored 14 goals in the Champions League. Seven of them were knockout goals. And with Juventus, Cristiano Ronaldo got them five trophies. That's five. Five trophies in three seasons. And now they're losing to Monza. Now they're losing to Maccabi Haifa. And every single time we think it's not going to get worse for Juve, it gets even worse. And I'm sorry I'm smiling. This is just, you know, gives me joy. But I don't want to sound harsh, but to all the toxic fans who said Ronaldo was the problem, you guys take a big L. The club, Ronaldo deserved way more than what Juventus gave him. And right now, there's bigger problems. And his name is Allegri. So... Here's our next run of games. And so I just need you to say how many wins you think they'll get. So I'll read out the team and then where they are in the league. So they have Torino next. Okay. Who are 10th, only two points behind them. Okay. And Empoli. Empoli. Okay. The week after, who are 14th. Okay. And then they have Lise, who are 16th. Isn't that, that shouldn't you know be a what? difficult to, question, to, should it? Exactly. But to me, when I would hear this before this past Champions League game, I'm like, yeah, they're going to come out with maybe a couple wins and a draw. But now I'm like, I don't know how realistic that is because, yeah. and again, no disrespect to Maccabi Haifa, because again, that's also a team that's, that plays very strong at home. As you could see, their supporters were, were so passionate and they were really encouraging their players. But I think Juventus is kind of in the dumps and clearly Allegri has no type of hold on the locker room right now. Those might be like two losses and a draw, a a win, a loss, a draw, which should be scary either way. There should be three wins. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't really have a prediction. I I would like, it should be three wins, but I honestly, I think I would just go one, one, one. Yeah. That's my guess. We'll come back to it in a few weeks here. I'd even say the Champions League games because I'm just putting those two yeah. L's down already. But yeah, I, I'm i looking out for Maccabi Haifa now. Yes. I've, you know what? Like they were, to flip it on the other side, they were actually entertaining to watch. Yep. They were really fun. Like you said, the atmosphere in the stadium mm-hmm. was electrifying. And now they have PSG and Benfica to go and Benfica at home in the last game of the group stage. Now, by no means do I think they're going to qualify for the next round of the Champions League. Like they now have three points in PSG and Benfica, both on eight. Like mm-hmm. it's t- they would have to win both games. However, all they need is one result. They draw or a win against either of those teams. And they're in the Europa League. I don't, I truly don't see Juventus getting a win in Benfica or PSG, but I do have a belief that if Maccabi Haifa go up against Benfica with some stakes and Benfica have qualified for the next round. Maybe Benfica rest a couple of players and Maccabi Haifa with the atmosphere can really rally and get to that Europa League. And I hope they do because they deserve it. And they have momentum on their side. Like maybe they can go and upset PSG. Maybe that that would be, it's in PSG, but yeah, like who knows? You like, just don't, you don't know. It's a Champions League. And you know how big a win, like their win against Juventus was. 
I, I posted a TikTok last night that really was just about the score. It it blew up and so many fans, Maccabi Haifa fans are commenting on it. And I'm like, this is, you know that the players are feeling that. You know yeah. that the players are feeling that encouragement, how big that want, that win was. It's all about momentum. And they're heading into their next couple of games, which are very important for them with momentum. So I'm not saying it's a it's a definite win, but if they upset one team, you know they have the confidence now to, to do it again. That's all you need, right? Like you just need that one one little thing, whether it's to score a goal or to win the game, yeah. like just a little bit of like oh, belief. Yeah. And then off you go. Who knows? Sky's the limit or the Europa League's the limit. Uh, Benfica undefeated in the Champions League right yeah, now. Yeah, they're, f- they're a good team too. They've yeah. got a lot of talent. I like the striker Ramos. He's uh, he's fun. They're pushing at PSG. Like, I think I think we I definitely underestimated them a little bit just because. Me too. Benfica, they had a really good run last year, but you also they also lost Nunes. Yes. You, you know, yep. call him what you want in the Premier League. Like, he was a great striker for Benfica. He's got a hat-trick in the Champions League, right? Like, so, Benfica, yeah, like, all the power to them. Like, they could win this group if, you know, Juventus and Maccabi Haifa next, like I said. Like, they, they got a lot to play for as well. Right now, is PSG still your pick to win the Champions League? Um... Yes, but I do think teams have got better. Like, I think City are a better team now. I honestly think Chelsea are now better with Graham Potter. Like, I know when we did our preview show, we were both, like, didn't really believe yeah. in them. And that, but that was a too cool thing for me. I'm sure probably the same, right? Yeah, it was. It, it, and it was also just, like, they're not scoring goals. And they, yeah. they just didn't look as good mm-hmm. as they looked against Tottenham, which was their first game. Um versus every other game they played. But honestly, Juve fans, when, you, when you're watching this, just know that I'm also humbled by my, by my AC Milan results. And I'm fully aware of that. So I get it. And you guys can laugh at me. Absolutely. I appreciate like the good f- football banter. Uh, but yeah, it's a tough, we'll get into that in a second before quickly though, because before I forget, Liam, you called Barcelona not getting out of this group. Yeah. And they're on like a, the cusp here. They, they need a result today. And I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited for Liam. I texted him. I'm like, you have to repurpose that take and stitch it or whatever you have to do because you are the only person in the world who who, who said that. And when you did, everyone shit on you. Yeah, I I I really really wanted to bring it up. First, I couldn't figure out how to do it. So that's okay. I'll, I'll show you today. We'll figure that out. Secondly, I didn't want to do it too early. Okay, could, but. If they don't get a result today, you better believe I am figuring out how to do that stitch and stuff on <laughs> the old, the old talk tick. Right, I know. <laughs> a tag hash. Yes. So they've not been great. And sorry, just quickly, quickly before we get, Napoli's up 2 nil now. I love I that. did say on the preview show, Napoli, look out for them. Yep. They're in a tough group. So we, they're, they're up 2 nil right now. We did. We said we put an asterisk with Napoli and, and I love what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I hope that they continue to do it quickly before we move on from. Uh... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. PSG, Di Maria's came out with an injury. Dabala, I don't know if you saw him when he took that penalty kick in in his game in Serie A. He had like a really bad thigh injury. He scored the penalty kick and he came off the field and Mourinho said in his post-game interview, he said, it's more very bad than it is bad. And now he might miss the World Cup. That sucks. He came off crying. Yeah. Do you know what? This whole World Cup thing is really exciting to have it in the middle of the season, but it is brutal to see guys go down in the middle of the year, like, like we even saw, um, I think we're going to get to it later, but Alfonso Davies yeah, now picked up an injury. Like at the England setup, like you have Kyle Walker and Trent Alexander. I don't know. We were both like probably going to be healthy, but also going to miss time. And it, you just don't want to see it. Like you want the world cup to be the best of the best. And obviously there's going to be players no yeah. matter when the world cup is that are going to miss. But right now I feel like, I feel like there's unfortunately going to be more stars to come that get hurt and won't make it to the World Cup, which is just brutal. Which to me, I mean, Argentina's my pick, but if Di Maria, Dybala are out, these are two guys mm. that would have made a difference. And Messi, you know Messi sitting like, who do I call who <laughs> yeah. can get these guys like extra fast and su- uh, successful treatment right now? Yeah, like Argentina, I think luckily for them, they're extremely deep team. Yeah. But then again, like Dybala and Di Maria, it's not like you're- I know. It's not like you're pushing aside two guys who are going to come off the bench who are probably going to start for you and probably just damages them a little bit, I would say, but I I still like them a lot to to, to have success in the World Cup. And yeah, let's just knock on wood. No one else comes out with anything major. I agree. Okay. AC Milan, second time we lost to Chelsea. Thoughts on, first of all, thoughts on the Tamori penalty would you have called that yes or no i think i would have called the penalty i think i would have called the red card really i think do you okay, know yeah, what explain explain it's it's such a borderline one but i get it so he denied i i believe denied a clear scoring opportunity he never once went to play the ball he pulled him back i think it was harsh but by the letter of the law probably the correct call However, the way the rest of the game went with the officiating, like every time someone got touched, there was a yellow card. It makes me wonder if a different referee would have made the same decision. I think either way, penalty. Yeah. I would not have been shocked if a better referee had officiated that game and given a yellow card. And you know what else sucks about it too is when you get those cards so early in the game for like calls like that, 
it ruins it. Like we've got two European giants playing against yeah. each other and we want to see the best on best, especially Tamori, who is a former Chelsea player, former Chelsea Academy player. Like you saw him when he, when he was pleading to the ref, like look at VAR and obviously they did, but like Mason Mount, like gave him a tap on the shoulder. Like, Hey man, like it'll be fine. Like whatever. But like, and that sucks, <laughs> but it just shows the respect Chelsea of course. also have for him. And I don't know. Like, so my, my final answer is yes. I think it was yes to both penalty and a red card. But I wouldn't have been shocked yeah. if someone else made a different decision. I agree. Yes, on yeah. the penalty, because whether or not people think it's soft and listen, I'm the first one to say something is soft these days. But the reality of the situation is he had a full hand on on his shoulder and pulled him back mm -hmm. like that. At the end of the day, you can't do that in the box. Yep. Right. Red card. I think it's very harsh. Granted, it was also the beginning of the game. Like exactly. You have to think about the stage, the two teams that are playing. Was it as harsh as it as, as a red card usually is? No, I do think the red card was soft. I would have given a yellow, definitely a penalty kick, well-deserved penalty kick. Mm -hmm. um, but it seems as though this Champions League, everyone's getting a freaking red card or yellow. Like there's been so many cards handed out. Yeah. And it's... I think it just is the way referees are used to officiating in the respected leagues, right? Yeah. Like this, it's just different styles of playing. Some refs, I don't even know where this referee was from, to be honest, but um, <laughs> either way, like sometimes more yellow cards help control the game, I guess, yeah. but I never felt watching that game that it was out of hand. No. Like I think it got, and like I'm sure you've experienced this too, like, the more cards that are given out, the more frustrated people get, which then allows the game to get out of hand. Like sometimes you just got to talk to the players and be like, Hey, captain, captain, like let's yeah. sort this out. And that's how you control a game. And like the referee should never be the star of the yeah. show. Yesterday he was. Yeah, I agree. And yep. I just, I hate, you hate to see it because this game last week was a disappointing one, to be honest, for Milan fans. And I think for football fans, it wasn't that good of a game. Like Chelsea's, I agree. They they were the better team, and now here we are, a week later, two weeks later, whatever it is, yep. and same story all over again. And now we're sitting here wondering, it's like, okay, is where is Milan at right now? Like, what is this third. team? Yep, yeah, third place. Th they're third in the group. Yep, yep. And do they do they have enough to get out? Because they've also not been great in the Serie yeah, either. I, I agree. I, I do think this team is better than it's showing. 100%. To me, it's such a big disappointment. I apologize to all Chelsea fans now because I will admit when I'm wrong. And I said Chelsea was the most overrated team in this Champions League. Clearly, that was Juventus. Chelsea's sitting at the top of Group E. Salzburg's in second place and AC Milan's in third place. Mm. With some performances that I'm really scratching my head, not understanding. I agree the ref, a lot of fans are upset at the ref, but AC Milan has also put themselves in a position for the, for that game to have had to have been like a must win mm -hmm. and they weren't able to pull it out. So I expected way more out of this team and I'm either way you cut it. I don't think refereeing is an excuse. You can be butthurt about the call about the red card, but there's no way that they should be sitting below Salzburg. Any way you cut it, that's an AC Milan problem, not a refereeing problem. Yeah, I, I would agree as well. Um, I'm trying to see here. They must have, yeah. So Zagreb next mm -hmm. and then Salzburg. So Zagreb is away from home where Chelsea lost mm -hmm. in Zagreb, which cost yeah. Tuchel's job, right? That was his last yeah. game, I yep. think. And then Salzburg at home. Obviously got to win both games. Yeah. You got to go and win both games. This team is good enough to win both I games. Agree. And 
to be honest, like like we said, like I'm not upset at my take that I thought Chelsea was overrated too, because quite frankly, they were not <laughs> good at all. And like I mean my words a little bit on a Bamiang, like he scored a good goal yesterday. And I thought that was actually like quite a commanding goal from him. Like he basically yeah. pushed his guy out of the way to go and get the ball and score. And like May this is a different Chelsea team now. And I think they also have the boost of a new manager in Potter. And like, you always get that momentum a little yep. bit after. Maybe Milan just called them at a bad time. Maybe. But Milan have a couple of injuries as well. And I think they'll be fine. You obviously want to try and qualify as the number one team in your group to get the easier team in the second in, in the second place team. But either way, like, if they don't get results from Zagreb and Salzburg, then quite frankly, they probably don't deserve to go to the knockout stages, right? Like, 100% agree with you. A hundred percent. And at least we still have Inter, which pains me to say, and Napoli as our Italian teams that we have said, like, yeah. I think this is, might be a, a Champions League where the Italian teams shine. And I think that Inter and uh, obviously Napoli are proving that theory the most. Definitely Napoli. Yeah. Definitely Napoli. Like if this group they're in, the fact they've only conceded two goals is outstanding. I know. The, so the so there's only let me double check here quickly. But there's only a few teams that they obviously have conceded a few. There's only two teams in the Champions League that haven't conceded a goal yet. Bayern Munich. Wow. Club Bruges. Wow. Yeah, isn't that wild? Like they're not in an outrageous group like Atletico, Porto, and Leverkusen, but still seven goals. No goals against, three wins, and they're currently nil-nil with Atletico. The thing I want's at home. Yeah, it is. It's at ho- oh, sorry, away, away. You but, know, pfft. everyone's shitting on Bayern, what they're doing in the Bundesliga. On where are they sitting right now in the Bundesliga? Third, um, which obviously they should be the favorite to, to be at number one, but yeah. you can't deny everything they're doing in the Champions League. And I think they're in a unique position this year. Of course, you got regular season, you got Champions League and you got World Cup. And right now I guarantee you their players are only really kind of focusing on the Champions League, which they're proving to be one of the top dogs. And then a lot of their guys were going to be playing in Qatar. So if, you know, the Bundesliga isn't going the exact way they want it to this year, I don't think it's the end of the world. No, and I think after, this World Cup and you know what there's a lot of games being played right now with like trying to cram in Champions League like it's just becoming you know you're losing a month of the season and I know Bundesliga usually has um, a Christmas break as well like a winter break Um, but either way like I think after the World Cup Bayern Munich's just gonna probably just bounce back and just be the dominant team like very entertaining game against Dortmund on the weekend that was fun and like Oliver Kahn yeah yeah. (laughs) and you said it a bunch now too. Like Bundesliga is a good league. Yeah, gotta give it credit. It's not like PSG sitting third in the league un or, <clears throat> or Ajax is sitting eighth in the Eredivisie. Like Bundesliga is a good league. Respect the teams that are in there. Union Berlin are a really fun team to yeah. watch, and Freiburg have really turned up this season. Dortmund uh, turning heads now as well with you know loss of Haaland. Like. I didn't even think they were going to get out of the Champions League group. Love that you're bringing up Dortmund because maybe we underestimated them a little bit. They're, they're right now fourth in the Bundesliga. And again, that was a crazy game that we saw on the weekend. They ended up tying Bayern Munich in the 94th minute and they just kept pressing and pressing. It was a huge win for Borussia Dortmund fans. But Jude Bellingham, four goals in four Champions League games right now, Liam. As an England fan, you love to see Yeah, it. I want to know exactly. <laughs> yeah, how do you feel about that? I, I feel good. Like he's... Just from a club perspective, he is putting his team on yeah. his back right now and saying, like, I am taking over. Like, everyone's talking about the loss of Haaland and Sancho, but 
all the rumors all summer have been like, where's Bellingham going? Yeah. Why is he, where's, what's next for him? And now here he is just producing on the biggest stage. And he was great for England in that uh, two games against Germany and Italy. And now, like you said, four goals in four Champions League games. Funnily enough, no goals in the Bundesliga yet, it's which okay. is funny, but <laughs> still like he's still one of the best players that they have and arguably the best player that they have. And it's good to see Dortmund not fall off a cliff after losing guys. And Marco Rose is injured now as well. And I love it. Like I, I, I love those Dortmund fans and the atmosphere they bring to the sport. And yeah, like I, I undervalued them for the loss of Holland and not for what this team actually is as a whole. Like I said, Sevilla was going to get ahead of them, which is probably my worst take of the entire preview. <laughs> but here we you are. Never like, know. Yeah, never know. You, you never, never know. know what's going to happen. I mean, who called Maccabi Haifa beating Juve? True. That's a good point. I, I like I said, I said they were the worst team. And yeah, and if thing. anyone did, kudos to you. But Let it's me know. just yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, Alfonso Davies went down in that game against Dortmund and it was, Pretty bad. Yeah. What was it? Skull bruise? Yeah. So, yeah. So they said about a month, I believe. So he should be fine for the World Cup. Bad timing. Yeah. Bad timing. At least it's still some time to recover. Um, yeah. Just hoping for the best. Oh. I, there's not much to say, I suppose. Like, at least it, I don't know. I was going to say, at least it wasn't like a broken bone yeah. or something like that. Like the, on the plus side, like maybe a couple ice packs on the head and no video games for a week. I, I feel for these players because you're just speaking to, you know, the heaviness of this schedule. You see Dybala come out, you see Di, Di Maria go down, you see Davies go down, you see these players probably doing everything they can to not get injured ahead of the most, the biggest tournament in the world, like in mm -hmm. any sport. Yeah. But it's so hard because they're playing so much and yeah. soccer's not a soft sport. So these things will happen. It's just, I feel for them because the timing is so crunched and it's gotta be so shitty. And you're probably like ultra hyper vigilant to the fact that you don't want to get injured, that sometimes it's, it goes the other way. I just feel bad for Davies. It looked bad. And, and I pray that he's back in time for Canada. Yeah, me too, because obviously... Best player. Best player. Yeah. One of the best players going to the World Cup. Yeah. And yeah, like just on the injuries for everyone, like a little extra stress on the body, you know, yes. like not only whilst they're playing, but when they're off, they're going to... I'm sure they're trying to get like extra treatments. Maybe they're doing like more yoga or something like that. There's probably extra things they've added to their routines mm -hmm. sure. to try and make sure their bodies are a hundred percent every single week because they don't want to miss this world cup. And especially someone like Davies or like someone from a, a different country. I can't even think of an example who doesn't go to the world cup every year. Like this is a massive, this like uh, obviously Canada's hosting the next one, but like you might never go again and players need to be there. They want to be there. And yeah, it's bad timing. I, bad timing. I well, to all the players injured, when you're listening to this podcast, because we know you are, we hope you feel better. Uh, to finish off this episode, we're going to do our World Cup Power Rankings presented by Uber One. Uh, Zero dollar delivery fees when you become an Uber One member, $5 off of rides, $5 off of eats. Love to hear it. I'm probably going to indulge in some food after this episode because I'm starving and there's games on Barcelona Inter and I can't wait. I don't want Barcelona to lose because I love Lewandowski, but I want Liam to be right. And that's friendship, guys. I want them <laughs> that's friendship and he's the co-host here at kicked back and and i hope he gets a w on that take so i'll probably enjoy some nice five dollar <laughs> off of my eats yeah you got it you gotta do what you gotta do okay the two teams today we'll start off no surprise here we have to get these out of the way and then we'll move on to teams we never talk about mm -hmm. 
Canada. Where do you have Canada ranked at this World Cup? Canada. So heading into this World Cup, I think they have a lot of momentum. Okay. They're a fun team to watch. We had Alistair Johnson on the show yes. last week, and he was just talking about the preparation that has gone into this, and I'm sure every team has obviously done that. But I think they're being underestimated around the world for what they actually are. So right now, I have Canada... I have um, as the 17th best team at this World I Cup. I love that. Yeah. So I think you had Poland at 20? 20. Yeah. So I have them ahead of Poland. So right now, yeah, Canada okay. is the 17th best team at this World Cup for me. I love that. Yeah. Hey, maybe I'm a bit of a homer, but there, there's a lot going well for them. No, that's not a homer take. I think that that's a great... I mean, I'm the one who's saying they're going to 100% come out of their group. <laughs> um, this one was hard for me because I really believe in this team and my ranking... I want my ranking to, when you, when are you, when you guys hear this and you especially Liam to remember that I think they're getting out of their group. They won CONCACAF. I agree. They have momentum. I think that they have a few key players that are going to be game changers that are so off the radar in the global scale of media and coaches and their opposition. Like they, these oppositions and their coaches may not know about every single player on their team. Of course, Alfonso Davies is the biggest name, but there are so many secret weapons, but I still think that they have a lot to prove on a global scale mm -hmm. because they haven't been there in 36 years. I say that respectfully. They, um, when it comes to international football, I still think when it comes down to the tournament, they have to get that W, they have to get those draws, they have to advance. So right now, FIFA World Cup rankings has, has them at 41. I have them at 38. Okay. I have them in a position, again, where I really do think that they are going to succeed. And I do think that these rankings obviously will change obviously as the tournament goes on. But right now with no games being had, I put them at 38. I think they're going to climb. I think they're going to climb too. And they have climbed. They went up. I think they went up a couple spots in rankings. Yeah. So I, I, I'm happy to see it. Um, I just, I'm really, really excited to see what they do. And I guarantee you guys, I really believe they're going to come out of this group. And when they can get that result against a Belgium or Croatia, I think I'm like, they've proved it. Yeah. You know, I just think the world's just going to fall in love with so many of these players. I agree. Like Tejan Buchanan, just the way the skill he has and the way he plays. Stachio, just the way he controls the midfield. And Borjan, yeah. people are going to love him. Pajama pants. Like, how can you not love that guy? Like, I, I just think, I can see the memes already. Yeah. And even like Johnston, you know, he's such a passionate guy on the field. Like you can see through his facial expressions and Estacio is so, he was so solid. I thought against Uruguay, I think there's going to be a lot of these players on Canada that people are going to be like, who is that? Mm -hmm. You know, yep. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to pay way more attention to Buchanan at club Bruges now. And then people are going to realize, wow, these guys had to play in Europe, yeah. you know? And I think for the MLS guys, like I sat down with the Johnston interview too. Like, I think he's the next guy coming yeah. through. Like, I think he's a great player. I think, uh, who did he say? Kamal Miller was a guy. He's like, couldn't believe how, uh, how well he moved for such yeah. a big guy. And yeah, like Canada, I think is going to turn, turn a lot of heads at this World Cup and do well. And you know what? Like, even if they don't get out of the group, I yep. still think they'll put on a good show for everybody. And I think it's just a build up to what's going to happen in 2028. 20, I can't wait. I is can't 20, wait. 2026. 20, 20, 20, yes. 
Euros is twenty twenty eight. Look out, well, which they had a draw for Euros recently. Oh right? yeah, England got Italy. Yeah, <laughs> oh, which I love. My goodness, <laughs> let me pull those up quickly because I did. I did want to mention that actually. I, my dad the, the other day he's like, "Did you see there was a Euro draw?" I'm like, "Oh my gosh, so much is happening." I'm like, "I can't keep up with everything." Did you see, it happened at like four o'clock in the morning for us. Yes, yeah. That's why it kind of like went under the radar. I think in North yeah. America a little bit because, yeah, like we were sleeping. Quite frankly, so uh, is this it right here? Let me see. Yeah, this must be it. So I'll just read off a couple of them. Spain, Scotland, Norway. I think that'll be a really fun group. They also have Georgia and Cyprus. Norway, that's um, Holland's, Holland's team. team. Love it. So they can definitely get out of this group. Yep. Netherlands and France are in the same group. Watching, along, yep. Yep, there we have Republic of Ireland, Greece, and Gibraltar. Group C, Italy. England, Ukraine, North Macedonia, and Malta. That is such a difficult group. Oh my gosh. Italy fans have PTSD right now seeing North Macedonia. Uh, Yeah, they have PTSD. Honestly. So England, yeah, so North Macedonia and obviously Italy have the World Cup thing. And then England played Ukraine at at the Euros as well. So four of these teams went to the Euros last time around. And now they're in the same group together. So that's tough. Then you have Croatia, Wales, Armenia, Turkey, and Latvia. That's like a good group. Here you go. Poland, Czech Republic, Albania, Faroe Islands, and Moldova. Poland should get through this group. I mean, if they don't, respectfully, there's something wrong. If you don't, Lewandowski got injured. (laughs) That's what (laughs) happened. Seriously, seriously. A couple more here. Belgium, Austria, Sweden, Azerbaijan, Estonia. Belgium should do very easy in this group. And then Austria and Sweden, I would assume, compete for the second. Hungary, Serbia, Montenegro. Nice. Bulgaria and Lithuania. Now, that's an interesting one because obviously it used to be Serbia and Montenegro. They used to be a team. So they literally, I think it was 2006, they went to the World Cup because Argentina scored a famous goal against them where they had like 30-something passes before, I believe it was Cambiasso that scored. So that'll be interesting. Hungary, really great chance here to qualify for the Euros. Uh, We got here three more. Denmark, Finland, Slovenia, Kazakhstan, Northern Ireland, San Marino. Nothing too exciting. Switzerland, Israel, Romania, Kosovo, Belarus, Andorra. Nothing too exciting again. Group J in the final group. Portugal, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Iceland, Luxembourg, Slovakia and Liechtenstein. Um, so when is all of the Euro stuff happening? That happens. That'll happen. I believe it starts next summer. Jesus. So they're going to finish Champions League and then probably go back to their international teams and start playing for Euro. 24th of March. Wow. When it gets gone. That's so, yeah. in the middle of, cha- that's like still when Champions League's playing. Yeah. So they'll play, I think that'll be the last international break before the season ends. And then they'll do, it looks like here they have games in June and September, October, November. When people complain about how much athletes make, they need to re- remind themselves that what their bodies go through and what their schedules go through and the sacrifice they have to make to, to be an international footballer and a club footballer. It's not normal. No, it's extremely difficult to do what they do. Honestly, I, I can do it. I can I barely get off it. my one men's league a week to be and honest. And imagine having to be like super disciplined in your eating. Yeah, that's something else I can't do. I, I, I'm <laughs> Especially dreaming. with Uber One on my yeah, side. I know, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, our next team and our last team for our Uber One World Cup Power Rankings, USA. USA. They In the FIFA World Cup Rankings, they're 16th and they did drop a couple spots. Yes. My ranking of them, I, I might not be right on this, but it's not the best. Where do you have them, Liam? I have them 21. 
Okay. I have him 21. I think, obviously, the form isn't great for them by any means. So I think that if everything goes perfectly for them, they'll be a good team. Okay. The issue is nothing ever goes perfectly for anybody. So apart from the one team that wins, but... They just don't have momentum on the side right now. The star players aren't playing right. We talked about the manager the other day, squad selection. I was watching a bunch of videos on it last night too, and people just aren't happy with players that are in the team. And I just feel like they're really going to be exposed to this World Cup against better opposition. Like I'm curious actually to see the Gareth Bale and the MLS guys going against each other. It's an interesting storyline. It's not really being spoken about, but even like players are making this team and they're not even scoring goals for the club teams, yep. never mind for the international team. So I just don't see how that's a recipe for success heading into the World Cup. So yeah, I have the US, the 21st team going into the World Cup. Okay, I have the US at 30th. So eight spots above Canada. Mm -hmm. And again, the only reason guys why I have Canada ranked 38th is because it's just been so long since they've been there. And we don't always get to see Canada play like strong international teams. I do think they're better than the US. Yeah. I will say that. Uh, we saw that in CONCACAF. The US have, it's tough. I sat with this and I'm like, I, I don't know how to even position this. And I, I was, so sometimes I'm like, no, I think that they're worse than my ranking. Sometimes I think that they're better. They have a team of talent. We spoke about this before on Kickback. They have many young players in really good leagues across the world. If their manager doesn't sort his shit out and put his position in, put his players in a position to succeed, they're not going to have success at this world cup. Yeah. Like that's just the reality of the situation. Because if you're playing again, 180 minutes of football against teams that you should be competing against and you only have two shots on target. That's scary. And yes, they're, you know, England's in their group, which is obviously going to be a good game. But if that's your result and you have Iran and you have Wales, which you know that no team in this world cup is just going to sit down and let a t another team walk all over them. The U S should be a little concerned, mm -hmm. but if their coach Berhalter can address these issues, I do think that this is a very systematic athletic team with young talent. And we compare that to Canada because Canada has a lot of young talent with not as much experience. I do think that they can make these results happen. So I say that cautiously. I'm going to put them at 30th because I'm not completely sold on this U.S. team. Um, but I, I, I really want them to do well. I'm with you. Actually, funnily enough, the goalie for Maccabi Haifa, American goalie. Really, eh? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, he's 30 years old from Mount View, California. Yeah, I believe he played for like Colorado or something in the MLS. Oh. So. He doesn't play for the U.S. He's never played a game. Well, hello. And now he's in the Champions League and, yeah, never played a game for the U.S. Yeah, played for the Sacramento Republic, not Colorado, sorry. But, yeah, either way, I agree. Like, I think the U.S., a lot of talent, Pulisic, Reyna, uh, McKenney, like, they've got a lot of guys who can push the boat for them. And, yeah, if it comes together, great. They've got a really fun team. The issue is putting it together. Yeah. Which they haven't done. Yeah. So it's like we said the other week, like people were saying they're compared to England, like, cause they can't score goals. Like, no, 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 It's very different. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see those two teams take each other on when they both have been out of form prior to the world cup. Yeah. I think England actually will want a big result against them because of what happened the last time they played in the world cup. What and, happened last time? I don't remember. Um, so I think it was Clint Dempsey who had the shot against Rob Green and Rob Green like fumbled in. It went in over the line. And oh. like, there's a famous picture of him like, so he like rolled up to him 
and he went to block it and it like almost rolled over his shoulder and he like turns around to go and grab it and he misses it. And right before that, there had been an article in, uh, it was front of one of the newspapers and it was said easy. And it was like England, Algeria, Slovakia, Yankees. Cause oh. that was the, the group England were in. That was all the teams. And yeah, people, I think the U S took that quite in their favor. They drew the game one, one and, yeah, England, they were poor then anyway. So the I'm, Capello era, what an I'm era. I'm so excited. I love these storylines. I love these storylines so much. And one thing, Liam, that we have to do is when the World Cup's done, we're going to have one episode and we're going to re-rank. We're going to have a sheet of what we ranked the teams prior to the World Cup mm -hmm. and then a new sheet of what we now rank the teams like after that. the World Cup. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Do you know one thing we should also do? Oh, sorry, they played Slovenia. I knew it was Slovakia or Slovenia. Um, Let's, we should do a countdown of the top 10 storylines heading into the World Cup. Okay, yeah, we should yeah, do that. Yeah, that'd be a fun one. And maybe not necessarily like Mbappe wants to leave PSG, but like stuff like like the Bale MLS thing. Yeah. Like I think that's a pretty cool storyline. It's there's a huge storyline. There's other stuff going on too. And like, I think it's going to be a fun World Cup. I'm very excited. We are just over a month away. <sighs> Get ready, everyone. Let us know what you think in the comments. Let us know where you would rank Canada and USA right now ahead of the World Cup. And thank you guys always for listening to Kicks Back. We appreciate you. This is so much fun to do this. So thank you for your comment in advance. And we'll be back tomorrow to talk more Champions League. So see you soon. That's a wrap for another episode of Kickback, and thanks so much for listening. You can catch Caroline and Liam here every single week on Tuesdays and Thursdays to give you the latest rundown on all things football. Please don't forget to subscribe and give us a nice five-star rating. Please and thank you. And for even more Kickback content, follow the 90th Minute on all your favorite social channels. See you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.